Isaiah 48, verses 1 through 11. Hear this, O house of Jacob, who are called by the name of Israel, and who came from the waters of Judah, who swear by the name of the Lord and confess the God of Israel, but not in truth or right. For they call themselves after the holy city and stay themselves on the God of Israel. The Lord of hosts is his name. The former things I declared of old, they went out from my mouth and I announced them. Then suddenly I did them and they came to pass. Because I know that you are obstinate and your neck is an iron sinew and your forehead brass, I declared them to you from of old. Before they came to pass, I announced them to you. Lest you should say, my idol did them. My carved image and my metal image commanded them. You have heard, now see all this. And will you not declare it? From this time forth, I announce to you new things, hidden things that you have not known. They are created now, not long ago. Before today, you have never heard of them, lest you should say, Behold, I knew them. You have never heard, you have never known. From of old, your ear has not been opened. For I knew that you would surely deal treacherously, and that from before birth you were called a rebel. A rebel. For my name's sake, I defer my anger. For the sake of my praise, I restrain it for you, that I may not cut you off. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake, I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Joined today by the beloved, the great, the highly memorable, Barfaccio. <laughs> I was wondering what uh, nickname was coming out there, but there we go. Thank so, you. Joined by the Foch Glad today to as we are in Isaiah 48, continuing through Isaiah in tandem with our Colossians series. And, you know, we're kind of continuing uh, in this section where God is, is kind of talking about discipline and idolatry. And it's not all the warmest, fuzziest passages, but this is like an important foundation for the future yeah. of Israel is uh, God disciplining his people, allowing them to eat the fruit of their transgression. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's a lot of talk today about basically the purpose of former prophecy, which is kind of interesting. Okay. And the the reason being uh, God's, you know, transcendence and knowledge to be Mm. known in a distinct way from any idols or any predictions of man. And so that is like at a high level, at least kind of the theme of today's passage, Mm. but the people don't care what I think the theme is. (laughs) The people want to know what does the great Barfaccio think about (laughs) Isaiah 48, one through 11? Well, I I don't know that I have anything great to, to relay, but uh, there are a couple things that stick out in this passage um, I mean, just just to remind everybody, I'm kind of reminding myself because I'm I'm jumping in here, you know, midway through this Isaiah 40 to 55 uh, study on ODR in chapter 48. I mean, th- this is Isaiah the prophet who's looking forward to the Babylonian exile, yeah. and so our church should be aware of what that is. We just went through a life in Babylon series, and sure so yeah. uh, Jason talked a good bit about about, um, you know, life in Babylon and kind of looked at guys like Daniel, who was actually an exile mm-hmm. in Babylon under King Nebuchadnezzar and, and all that. And so, 
um, so there's a lot there's a lot in the Old Testament about this Babylonian exile, and I would say if you're a listener and you're not super familiar with the theme of exile in Scripture, it is a theme that you would do well to to learn more about because mm-hmm. it, it is this is one of the most prominent uh, eras in the Bible is this period of exile. And there's so much to learn from it because Mm -hmm. Israel was this, you know, this chosen race, this holy people, this uh, treasured possession, the Lord calls them back in Exodus 19 and calls them to himself. And then, you know, they, they fall off the wagon. I mean, they have these like series of, of terrible Kings, particularly after David and Solomon and the, you know, the, the kingdom divides. And then they have these series of terrible Kings and they just kind of devolve into, you know, further and further into turmoil mm-hmm. um, and, and and just leaving behind God. And, and so verse one in this chapter, I, I think is uh, very instructive uh, for us. And it, it says, hear this, O house of Jacob, who are called by the name of Israel and who came from the waters of Judah, who swear by the name of the Lord and confess the God of Israel. Mm. but not in truth or, or right. Mm. Okay. So it's, it's, it's Israel who is still swearing by the name of the Lord and still confessing the God of Israel. But God is saying that you're not doing it in truth or in right. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not doing it truthfully. You're not doing it rightfully. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think this is a good word for us because I think in a, you know, in a place like, uh, 21st century America, there's a lot of people who would kind of confess the God of the Bible. Sure. Who would maybe even swear by the name of the Bible, as it says here. But the question is, are you are you doing this in truth and right? Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is not is not necessarily like, are you doing that in a theologically correct way? But does your life actually back up the confession that you're making mm. about this God? Absolutely. And so, and I think that's what he's, I think that's what Isaiah is getting at here is that Israel had gotten to a point where they're still confessing the God of Israel. They're still swearing by his name and yet they're not doing it in truth. They're not doing it right. Their, their lives and their character is not backing up, you know, the, the very God that they are confessing and the very God that they're swearing by. Mm-hmm. And this is, this was the, this was the huge disconnect. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, according to Isaiah here, I mean, it's not that, Israel in you know in the future when Babylon comes in and takes over it's not that they had like totally forgotten God and like you know they've thrown him in the trash or whatever mm-hmm. it's more that they are still confessing God their lives just don't match up yeah. with with their confession and so it's just a a good word for us and you know i mean obvious application point like does your walk back up your talk, you know, mm-hmm. are you, are you not only talking the talk, but you're also walking the mm-hmm. walk. And it's just such an important lesson for us today to examine our own lives, you know, in light of passages like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. One of the important things for us to understand the distinction of and be able to differentiate is there's affliction that we face in life uh, that is sort of as the New Testament would often talk about, like trials of our faith, you know, and Mm. sort of these things that are not merited afflictions per se, but it's more of these things that God brings us through uh, to walk righteously through in faith with him. Mm. Um, But then there is also affliction that we face that is straight up 
the fruit of our sin and mm-hmm. the fruit of our sinfulness. Mm-hmm. And I think we should, whenever we are like, you know, I, I think like depression and anxiety can be a good one. And mm-hmm. I'm not really referring to clinical, but more like those seasons where you just feel really on edge and anxious. Yeah. Um, sometimes that is circumstantial or environmental and there's not like sin. Like you just need to walk through that in faithfulness. Hmm. But sometimes that unsettling of your spirit is actually the Holy Spirit, you know, wrestling with sin in your heart. Yeah. And the sooner that you get honest with yourself and honest with the Holy Spirit and root those things out, you will like find more peace, you know? And so that's not one size fits all, but it's definitely true a lot of the time. And I think that that brings us to an important theme of this passage, Mm. which is the ability to humbly receive correction and discipline Mm. from God. And I'm specifically thinking about this verse 10, behold, I've refined you, Mm. but not as silver. I've tried you in the furnace of affliction. Mm. And, um, one phrase that, uh, I really feel like I really believe that the Holy Spirit pressed into my heart um, in a season of life not too long ago was to eat the fruit of conviction. Mm-hmm. And basically the way that came about was, you know, there there would be these moments of sin where, I, you know, whether it's like letting an impure thought take root or just these different kind of forms of, mm-hmm. of sin. And, you know, that would burden my conscience as I was growing in the Lord. My conscience is growing more sensitive to sin mm. and it would create this like bitter icky feeling that we mm. all know. Mm. And I've realized my tendency was to try to squelch yeah, that. Yeah, reject that. Yeah, just yeah. like distract myself from that feeling because I hated how it felt. Sure. And what I felt the Holy Spirit was really trying to teach me was, no, that feeling that you're feeling is good. It's, a, it's mm. actually the fruit and the fact that you know me and I'm trying to discipline you. I want you to hate this. So I want you to feel that. Yeah. You know, I want you to feel that affliction in your soul yeah. from, you know, grieving the Holy Spirit. And so I think sometimes, you know, we need to not live in regret. Mm. You know, that's not what the Bible teaches is to live in like self-hatred and self-deprecation and regret. Mm. But I do think that there are those times where in a similar instance to where Israel is in this passage, they are you know, they are dealing with and receiving a pronouncement of judgment for their sin. And we have to be able to receive that and not have the, you know, iron forehead and, uh, you know, like stiff necks that Isaiah is talking about, but we actually have to just receive it as a mark of God's love for us Mm. of, I'm trying to teach you a better way and you need to realize how harmful this sin is for you. Yeah, totally, man. And I, I, I think, I think you are hitting on it like very, good point here uh because the the mark of a spirit-filled believer i mean one of the one of the main marks i would say is that um there is consistent conviction in one's life mm. uh, because Amen. we 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 just have these we have these hearts that like yes you know we've we've given our lives to jesus and yes the spirit has filled us and as the apostle paul says uh, and then i do the very thing i hate mm-hmm. and so we have this like war kind of going on in us of, of this struggle with sin still, but one of the marks of a spiritual believer is that the spirit is bringing conviction. And that is very new Testament. The mm-hmm. spirit, that is one of his roles is to convict us mm-hmm. uh, concerning sin. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I, I think that is so good to, to eat the fruit of conviction, mm. like just 
partake in that and like allow allow it to to happen and i you know i i see certain people that when you know things are brought to their attention they kind of get that stiff neck you know yeah. I mean, you, you can you can almost visibly see it at times yeah yeah and it's like it's like man why don't you just soften up like because it is it is so sweet when we allow the holy spirit to to convict us and and i think the more you grow in faith the more you you gain a sensitivity to the spirit's conviction in your life. Absolutely. And, and this is what, this is, this was the problem with Israel. Absolutely. They had not gained a sensitivity to the, the ongoing sin in their life. And so they were going in a, in a, in a very bad direction and it resulted in a very bad result, mm-hmm. you know, in, in this exile. Um, and so, you know, that's what was happening. I, I mean, I will say there, there is kind of like, a, a bright spot in the passage in verse nine, it says for my name's sake, I defer my anger for the sake of my praise. I restrain it from you, uh, for you. And, um, you know, even though we can be stiff necked people sometimes, like there's still these bright, uh, bright rays of hope, you know, that the yeah. Lord gives to us. Yeah. That, like he will restrain his anger. Like he is a God of grace and a God of mercy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if we just present ourselves to him and learn that, sensitivity to the conviction of the spirit. Um, he is there to restrain his anger from us and to lavish his love on us. No, I totally agree. And, you know, I think that what, what is really helpful about verse nine for my namesake, I defer my anger. One of the things that we can really take away from that is how the gospel rests on God's fidelity to his own character, his own nature, his own holiness and glory That's right. and i think that can sound a little like egotistical or strange to us but what we need to like go back to is an important moment in genesis when god makes a covenant with abraham and you know in the fashion that abraham would have been accustomed to you you separate you tear apart mm. animals and create this little pathway and then mm. both people responsible for the covenant walk through right but god puts abraham in a deep sleep and shows him this vision of him, the spirit of God passing through mm. those animals alone. In other words, saying that the, God's covenant with Abraham, his faithfulness to Abraham is actually not for the sake of or dependent on Abraham's faithfulness to mm. cling to the covenant or his children's faithfulness to cling to the covenant, but solely to his own faithfulness, the faithfulness of God. Yeah. And so we can rest as we eat the fruit of conviction. And actually a thing that helps us eat the fruit of conviction is knowing that when we grieve the Holy Spirit, when we feel that, when we taste the bitterness mm-hmm. of sin, that does not change our standing in the covenant with God. So we can be convicted. We can submit ourselves to the loving discipline of the Lord, mm-hmm. knowing that, especially for us as new covenant believers, that for us, our guilt has been pardoned. We've been qualified mm-hmm. to share in the inheritance of the saints. And that's what we can go forward in as we pursue holiness. It's good stuff, man. Amen. Well, for Barrett Fisher, the Foch, um, the great Barfaccio, this is Will Carlisle. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant. And Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. 
1737 or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.